It is Tuesday, May 9th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by MLB Nine Innings. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan along for the ride as well. Quick reminder that today's episode is sponsored by MLB Nine Innings, which has a wide variety of game modes from league mode, where users play through an entire season to live play-by-play. They have over 2,000 player cards to collect and use in your dream roster. The most up-to-date rosters, team logos, ballparks, uniforms, and they're introducing new historic Hall of Famers to MLB 9 innings, including Larry Walker, Walter Johnson, Hank Aaron, Michael Jack Schmidt, Trevor Hoffman, and more. Download and play MLB 9 innings 23 today with the link in the description. And oh, by the way, we'll have our MLB 9 innings question of the week coming up on Friday's show, so get them in by Thursday night. Bluffy, we always look for fun. I think people probably understand what we're looking for now on on the question of the week, right? Something fun, something a little bit different, something thought-provoking. Yes. Just hit all those notes and you yourself, are they going to be rich and famous like you? Don't you always say that? I, I do say rich, famous, and baseball today swag. So I can swag. promise one of the three. I don't know which yeah, one. I think so. But I will promise one. So there you go. Yeah, don't don't give us the question – uh, do you think the Blue Jays are better than the Rays? Like, that's one that we ask on baseball today during the week, maybe occasionally. Do you, well, that's do you, Chris? Well, do you? I don't know yet, Trevor. <laughs> I'll let you know shortly. I am wearing my Mets blue today. Why <laughs> what is, is that, that supposed because... to be me? No. I don't know. I'm in a weird mood today. Sorry. Okay. Um. So I'm wearing my Mets blue because I'm trying to get them going a little bit. I think baseball is better when the Mets are better. They have dropped four straight series, 11 of 14 overall. Max Scherzer starts a three-game series in Cincinnati. Got lit up in his first game back after serving that 10-game suspension. How important is tonight's start for the future Hall of Famer? I'm worried about this start, uh, C. Rosie, because all the reports say like he's pitching through injury. Max himself came out and said, like, I know this thing, and you know, basically, like, I just have to pitch through it. But then he also goes on to say that I know if I just rest it, it'll be okay. So I'm like, wait a minute. Like, what are we doing going out there then? If all this thing needs is rest to get better, like, let's just take a week off, bro. And I think, you know, he's such a competitor and the way the Mets have been going, he wants to be out there. But I don't know if I want like a 50% Max Scherzer on the hill working his way back on an injury. Like, let's just get this thing all dialed in. Um <clears throat> You know, they need they need pitching help. There's no doubt about it. They've been riddled with injuries. I know Cookie Carrasco is doing – he has a, a rehab start either tonight or was it yesterday or something. So he's on his way back. But another thing that people aren't really talking about during this slide is, you know, their two best hitters have been brutal. I mean, Alonzo and um, Francisco Lindor just have been non-existent at the plate. So there's a lot of things the Mets need to get going. Uh, but this Scherzer thing is concerning to me. Just because of what he said about the injury, I, I hope he gets through it, and I hope that he gets his rest. I guess because we want to see a full force Max Scherzer, not some guy that's just battling through injuries. I know the Mets fans don't want to see that. But does any of it have to do with him coming off of the suspension? Because people might say, "Hey, listen, he's thirty-eight years old. Who knows? Maybe he needs a little extra help these days." And now. I mean, he was adamant about saying, listen, it was just rosin and sweat. It was just rosin and sweat. And it may have been, that's all it may have been, but facts are facts. He was suspended 10 games for utilizing a foreign substance and he did not appeal it. Okay. 
So there is that aspect that we all have to watch. And if for some reason he doesn't get it back, then do we all look at Max Scherzer differently? I, I don't think so. I mean, not if he's dealing with this injury. I think we can point to that. And he also said that his start, same start back or the first start back that he used Rosin the exact same way that he used Rosin the prior game. So it's like, I, I don't think Max is a cheater. Like, I don't think he's he's using performance-enhancing enhan- substances. I just don't. I don't think the numbers really support that either. So I, I don't want to use that as, uh, you know, some sort of excuse for him. It, it seems to me like he's just not 100%. Well, I can tell you this. He's not the same guy. He's had five starts this year. The most strikeouts in a game, six. He struck out more than six in a game 14 times in 23 starts last year. This year in five starts, he has twice given up at least five earned runs in a game. He didn't do that once all last regular season. This is not the same guy. I'm going to have to be watching him closely because I wonder if, at some point, Max Scherzer is no longer Max Scherzer. Now, I don't believe that in my heart because I love watching him pitch. I love to watch the competitor. I love to watch, like, the craziness of his eyes going all over the place. I love to watch him be irritable when guys are checking him when he's coming off the mound. I like watching him when he's huffing and But, like, everything about him is hilarious. Like, it's he's all over the place. He's moving a zillion miles an hour. He's one of the pitchers where you say, I got to watch everything because I don't know what I'm going to get. But also, for the first time in a while, I sit there and wonder, have we seen the best of Max Scherzer? Is it done? I don't believe so. I don't believe so at all. I, and I would not. not describe Max Scherzer as like humorous or fun on the mound. I would describe him as terrifying. That's what I would describe him yeah. as. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying the whole package of him. No, I know. Like, I know what you're saying. Snorting. See, I can't imagine he's a lot of fun to watch. To go against it. It's not. And look at my career numbers. They're very, very bad against Max Scherzer. Very bad. I, I don't know. I just like, just get healthy, man. If that means going on the IL and missing a couple more starts, it's made like, let's, let's get this thing figured out. Like I, I, he's saying he's can pitch through it, but it needs rest. I don't know. That's contradicting statements. If you ask me. Okay, I want to move on to the health of another really stud pitcher in the National League East. We got late news on Tuesday morning that uh, Max Fried is going back on the injured list. There was a forearm issue. Uh, there was an MRI done. They don't think there's anything structural. You hear forearm, you think the worst about Tommy John surgery, which he had nearly a decade ago when he was just rising through the ranks. Um, there's another question I want to get to about the Braves and Red Sox series, which will start tonight in Atlanta. But as far as Freed, how worried are you about this? Always worried. When you, you talk about forearms, the first thing you think, tight forearm, holy snikes, TJ, here we come. But like you said, there was imaging done on it, and they have been saying that they don't think that's uh, going to happen, and we just need some time. Um, I just found out this morning. So I haven't had a ton of time to process this. I wish Max all the best. You know how I feel about the guy. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. He's one of the best people in baseball. And I've known him for a long time. So you, you just, you hope for the best. You hope it is what they say. Just, uh, you know, something that needs some time to like um, kind of calm down a little bit. And Braves big picture here. You know, they have dealt with some injuries on the starting rotation. They've had to use some young guys who haven't exactly fit the bill. They're hoping that Soroka is the answer. But once again, for a guy whose entire career has been plagued by injuries, I don't know if that's the answer. And if Max Freed is down for the long term, then Alex Anthopoulos is going to have to get back on that horn again. 
and try and do something maybe big time if they want to try and get back to the uh, World Series. Um, we certainly wish him well. We'll be keeping our eye on that story as it continues to develop. As for Atlanta, they just took two out of three against the Baltimore Orioles, and now they welcome in arguably the hottest team in the American League, uh, the Boston Red Sox, who played very well. Interestingly, we have the two reigning players of the week uh, over in the AL, uh, Masataka Yoshida, NL, Sean Murphy. So who was the better pickup, in your opinion, in the offseason between those two? You know I hate stuff like this. Uh, look, I'll let, hopefully you're talking about Sean Murphy and that big old butt. Obviously, he was a great pickup for him. <laughs> the reason I'm going to go with Yoshi, Yoshida excuse me, is because I don't think the Braves – like obviously, he, he is a great pickup for them, and he's helped immensely. Uh, but I don't know if they actually needed that to be a good team. The Red Sox complete identity as a, a as a team right now is offense. And what Yoshida has been able to do lately has been eye popping since April 20th. He's just gone off. What happened on April 20th on 420, bro? Did you calm down a little bit or something? He's hey, been bro. going nuts. He's hitting all 16 games since then. Uh, 28 hits, 48 total bases for a 438, 479, 750 line, a 1.2. And he struggled before uh, that date because he was hitting the ball on the ground a lot. And uh, I guess they made some mechanical change in his swing or his stance, not even his swing, his stance. They opened him up a little bit. And he says he's been able to see the ball a lot better since he's done that. And I love stuff like that. Look, the guy comes over from Japan. Um, we see him in the WBC. Everyone goes, this guy's the savior. He comes and struggles right away. And to be able to make an adjustment that quickly and get back to who he is as a hitter uh, is awesome to see. Will Middlebrooks has a great tweet out there right now. I want to read it to him and get it up because this is very impressive. And now I can't even. Last week, he saw 90 pitches, didn't swing and miss once. That's incredible. Yeah. So well, I love watching Yoshida hit. And again, I think because Boston's identity as a team is just offense, he's been the better pickup. Um, and by the way, you talk about no swing and miss in his game, only 11 strikeouts in 112 play, uh, at bats this year. That's pretty darn special. Um, you're right. I am going to talk about Sean Murphy. Yes. Remember last year at the trade deadline, there were rumors about several teams, including my Cleveland Guardians, who would make a play for him. And people are like, oh, no, the asking price is so high. Well, on yesterday's show, we spent a ton of time talking about the St. Louis Cardinals and how they paid now a designated hitter almost $90 million in free agency. Well, the Braves didn't extend Murphy for that much, and they're going to get a guy who can catch their pitching staff every day, even though Travis Darno has just been activated off the injured list. Murphy, second in the league in OPS, top 10 in war. He already has nine homers, which is half of his season best total of 18. I don't understand why people didn't trade for him. And you said he's a luxury piece to have in Atlanta. I could I could see that side of the argument. He also might be the reason why they win their second World Series in three years. He is that good. Once again, I can't tell you exactly what catchers do, but when their numbers are as good as they've been and they've had to shuffle starters in and out of that rotation over the first six weeks of the season, that means somebody's doing something good behind the plate. No, he's an absolute stud. This is why I hate when you make me choose between two guys that are incredible that have helped right. the teams. I mean, you just said ALNL player of the week, man. You make it so hard on me on this show. And if you think, by the way, I am not going to choose somebody who's known for their large ass, shame on you, people. 
you don't know the Rose Caboose very well. Can you imagine Sean Murphy's ass, Yoshida's calves put together? Woo! We're talking about one of the Holy better shit. lower halves of all time if you did that, Frankenstein style. It sounds like if you combine me with Jake Storiali. Oh, that's disgusting. You. Oh, my goodness. What? Why is that this? Why is that disgusting? Look, bro, don't I think make that's... me. Don't make my stomach feel like that at this time that's in the a morning. Girl's dream come true. Stop that. All right. Speaking of making your booty look good, I want to tell you about our friend over at Bird Dogs. Mm. I got a box arrived to the house yesterday. Me too. I was like, what is this? And Michelle said, "It's from something called Bird Dogs." We opened it up, and it was like harp started playing. Because I am a sweatpants, shorts-wearing fiend, okay? That's what I wear every day. Bird dogs are comfortable. I actually put them on last night. I did a little fashion show for Michelle. And, you know, most of the time, she's honest, right? We've been together almost 30 years, so we can say whatever we need to about each other. Mm -hmm. Okay, occasionally I lie, but you, you understand what we're talking about. So I can tell in her eyes whether she likes something I'm putting on. Okay. There's some days where it's like, mm, but then I put on the bird dog sweatpants. She's like, all right, dog, I see you. So I look better and I feel great. And I've got confidence when I put these things on. They are stretchy fabric. They make my chunky legs look great. They are way more comfortable than any sweatpants or shorts that I've got. I've tried them all. They give me the freedom to wear one pair if I'm going to go out and caddy for ploof during the day, but then I've got, you know, kind of a nice little dinner at night or something. I can wear yeah. it. I'm versatile. So that is the cool thing. Click the link in the description. Go to birddogs.com. When you enter the promo code today, they're going to throw in a free Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Come on now. We're yeah, things, they sent, they sent us one. It was awesome. It's a great, I know. It's a nice little gift. Thank you. So go out and enjoy this. I've got a bunch of in fact I'll hold these up. Here's the here's the sweatpants. They look unbelievable. They feel they've got the stretchy fabric. They feel great. I'm wearing a pair right now. They're like butter on me. Mm. And then here's what I like. By the way, your shorts. Yeah, I like the shorts a lot. In, some of them come in with the underwear built in. So if you're into that, you're good. You're good. Did you did you say bird Michelle dog. wanted the bird your dog? I'll leave that for later. Okay. okay. We continue on after a tough few days. Wilson Contreras returned to his old stomping grounds on the north side of Chicago. He got a nice video tribute. Then they, most of the people were clapping for him when he had his first plate appearance. And then this happened when he got his first knock. On the ground and welcome back to Chicago. And look at him. Look at Contreras. Say booby some more. He had a big night as the Cardinals actually put together a winning streak for the first time in a month. What do you think of him kind of egging everybody on? Say, okay, you want to boo me a little bit? I'll have at it. What have we done to this guy? Like he is now like a masochist. Like he loves to get yelled at and booed and people telling him he's bad. Like what, what have we, this guy's had one of the stranger two weeks in like the history of baseball. Like we're, we're telling him he's our catcher for the next five years. Then we're saying, actually, you're going to play the outfield. Then we're saying, actually, you're going to DH. And then we're saying, actually, Wainwright wanted the throw to me. And then you go back to Chicago. You get a little booze, a little claps. It's been wild for this guy. Right. 
Like, and, and I don't, it seems like he's handling it like the right way. Like, he's just like, I'm just going to go out and play. What else can he do? Uh, I, I thought that was great. I thought it was great. I loved it, man. Like, what are you supposed well, to do was... in that instance? No, I thought he handled it great. I, I thought it was it was done well. I love that Marcus Stroman clapped for him as well. He was actually pitching during the game, about to face him. Um, you know, I thought that was that was a nice little moment too. Uh, but the, the, I think the bigger story was that there were quotes from several guys: Jack Flaherty, Adam Wainwright, Ali Marmol. They all met with Contreras on Sunday, and Waino, who's one of the leaders of the team, came out and said, "Hey, listen, we told him we love him. We want him here." We want him to succeed. I don't know if he's heard that before, but we needed him to hear it. So how long is this story going to continue on? I have no idea. It seems like something new comes out every single day. We have been talking about it almost every single show. I wish that it wasn't this way. I wish that he was just playing ball and we could just say, hey, look, he's having a, a nice start to the year or whatever like that. Just talking about what's going on in the field. But it seems like something comes out of you know the Cardinals clubhouse every single day. I I don't know when it's going to end. I don't know. What do you think? I think it ends if they put together uh, and they win six of eight and they go from nine games back to six. And then all of a sudden we're saying, oh, it's it's not that bad. And they certainly have enough talent. Nobody in the Central is going to run away, which, by the way, I think is very much in play. I really do. Even though this team's gotten off to its worst start in over 50 years, I think that because of the division lacks some serious punch at the top that the Cardinals, as long as they just get their shit straight. Now, I think they've actually kind of weathered the worst part of this storm over the weekend, which was them not saying that he was the problem, but by removing him from the catching role, that it is the problem. And But that's not the problem with their team, though. That's the whole thing about this. That he's not the reason they're losing, dude. Like, so just like reason, just like fixing this story doesn't fix the team like they need better pitching they need better starting pitching they need better relievers and that's not all on wilson Contreras, dude no it's not and by the way that's what wainwright wanted to point out he was like listen he's this is on us like we have to do a better job as pitchers no matter what goes on with game planning and pitch calling and all that sort of stuff, which these days is more in the hands of the pitchers than ever before with PitchCom, by the way. Um, yes. But, like, Miles Michaelis had been a huge problem for them. And last night, he did a good job. His pitch count was still pretty high, but he limited damage. And he kept them in the game and ended up winning it. And that's what they need. You know what they all need to do? Shut up and play baseball. <laughs> Whoa, bro. You say shut up well, and dribble? No, no. no, I did not. There is a big <laughs> difference because if they were talking about worldly matters that are more important than baseball, <laughs> I would want to listen. But when we're talking about just they're talking too much baseball. Don't you wouldn't you agree? I think they're just talking about the wrong things. Like this is all stuff yes. that should have been in the freaking clubhouse, man. It's been too much publicity on the Cardinals. I don't like it at all. And let me tell people this, because you brought it up, so I want to mention it. I wasn't going to say this. Now I'm going to say it to you, Rosie. If you're a gambling man at all, this is the cheapest you're going to get the Cardinals all season to make the playoffs, to win the division. If you want to sprinkle, now is the time. Just saying. If you believe in that franchise at all and their ability to fix things, 
and be back in a weakened division, now's the time. Uh, AL West, the top four teams continue to uh, play kind of a little mini round-robin tournament. Rangers won the opener of their series up in Seattle. Halos took care of Houston last night down in Anaheim. Game two of that series, really good pitching matchup. Fromber taking on Shohei. Are you more interested in watching Shohei try and navigate that Astros lineup or Shohei trying to do some damage at the dish against one of the top left-handers in baseball? I definitely want to see Framber pitching against Shohei uh, more than I want to see Shohei going up against that Houston lineup. I, I just, I love watching Framber pitch and I love watching Shohei hit. It's both of them kind of do things differently than most of starters or hitters. And I just like the way they approach things. And I was curious, I didn't know the numbers between uh, Framber and Shohei and Framber's gotten the better of Shohei. Dominated. He's actually has the hitter that has the most at bats against Framber Valdez is Shohei Otani with 26 at bats, only four hits, Chris, for a 154 average, a 582 OPS. He has he has some walks against him. He's got some strikeouts. Uh, but I always like to see, like, is Framber just going to keep pitching him that way because he's had success? And if so, has Shohei made an adjustment? And will he start to get the better of Framber? And then there's the chess move, and there's the chess move. Those are the things I like to see. Shohei's such a good baseball savant, if you will that I believe he will make the adjustment and then Framber, you know, it'll be his turn. So I want to see if there's something like that going on in this game. I I love that matchup so much. It's interesting because um, obviously the most interesting thing about Shohei is that when he pitches, he can still be so dominant at the plate and own it. Right. We saw recently the guy almost hit for the freaking cycle when he was on the mound, but in this sort of instance, when you're going against a top-line starter, I almost give him a pass as a hitter. Like, I think it's all incumbent on Shohei, the pitcher, to keep the Angels in this game. And he has been flat-out unbelievable on the mound this year. He's third in strikeouts. He still walks too many guys. He gives up the gopher ball occasionally in the last few starts. Um, But he's actually done pretty well against the Astros in his career. Three and three in 10 games, an ERA of 347, 68 strikeouts in 49 innings. Not bad against one of the better teams in baseball since Shohei came into the league. So I think if he does a nice job on the mound, whatever he gives them at the plate is is gravy. And really, it's on the other guys, and particularly the right-handed hitters in that Angels lineup, to kind of carry the halos a little bit. Can you imagine having Shohei's ability? I just every time we talk about it, I just think about it. It's ridiculous. You know what's funny? You want to hear something that, you know, maybe it makes me a little jealous, C-Rosie. I was showing Olivia all of our new beautiful shirts that we have in our John Boy Media shop, shop Mm -hmm. shop.johnboymedia.com. We have uh, the Players Association line. And she's like, ooh, I want that Shohei Otani shirt. Uh Uh-oh. She want a shirt with another guy's face on it? Hey. She saw the uh, she saw the column where uh, I forget if it was on ESPN uh, or on the Athletic. I forget where they did it, where they pulled twenty six major league executives and saw that the average salary that he's going to get, the average contract he's going to sign for, is going to be like five more than five hundred twenty million. She ain't no dummy. She ain't no dummy. Ah, if Shohei knocked I do on that everything door, for her. If Shohei knocked on that door and was like, "Hey, Liv, let's kick it. We're going to Vegas for the weekend." No. be crying on my shoulder. That's okay. Or, this is taking a bad turn. I don't like this. 
Am I? Do I hate true. Shohei Otani now? No, you don't. You should not. Listen, I think I do. Worry. Hey, he he will love her and support her the way. That oh she my is. God, I'm I'm out. I'm out. Today's episode sponsored by Shady Rays. These guys, I want you to take on the sun with gear that is built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades at a very affordable price. In fact, Shady Rays offers a world-class product just as good as any top-line expensive pair you've ever worn. But guess what? They're going to keep money in your pocket. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in the history of eyewear. I've told you a ton of time. If you break these things, if you lose them, even on day one of purchase, you just call them up and go, Shady Rays, it's Chris Rose. I can't believe it. I did it again. I broke my Shady Rays. I'm sorry. Hey, Mr. Rose, that's okay. We've got your address. We'll send you another pair. Am I going to get charged? No. No, we'll replace them. But it was my fault. We don't care. We don't care. We love our customers. Here, accept this pair. You don't even have to be careful because if you break them again, we'll be here for you. We'll be here. Just call us. That's awesome. And exclusively okay. for our incredible. listeners. Oh, my God. Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code today for 50% off two-plus pair of polarized sunglasses. You got me? ShadyRays.com. Use the code today. 50% off two-plus pair of polarized sunglasses. Yeah. You're on one today. Oh, my gosh. You're making fun of everybody, even yourself. Oh, and wait for this, because the best story is yet to come. Tigers took the opener of a three-game mm. set in my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. Akil Badu almost akiled his boys while trying to steal second. Mike Zanino's throw went right there. Andres Jimenez then picked off the ricochet off the onions and tagged him out. That's a two-for-one deal, if you will. Badu, oh who does not wear a cup during games because he's an outfielder, said, I might have to rethink that. <laughs> really? That was, uh, look, the whole thing, like uh, him getting hit there, funny. I like it. It's not funny. It's going to happen from not time funny. to time. But the not fact like that Jimenez snatched that fucking ball off the ricochet is insane, Chris. Like, that is... <laughs> Like, I know that it's kind of lucky and, like, his glove was just there. But, like, he has feel for that. Like, he has feel for that ball. As soon as it hit his leather, he felt it, closed that bad boy up, and kept the tag on him. It's Stop it. As he's, like, getting out of the way, this is an incredible play all the way around. Like, it has it has everything. It's got the funny aspect <laughs> or the painful aspect, whichever way you want to look at it. But then amazing defensive work as well. This is nuts, uh, dude. I love Jimenez. The more I watch that kid play. The more I yeah, like he's it. smooth. Uh, gold Glover a year ago, perhaps he should be wearing a, a rubber surgical glove out mm, on the field as well. Fondling right home, around that area. If you're scoring at home, that is 2D4 Fucking on, the, uh, on the tag out. Did you hear what I said? Um, what? So that's fucking nuts. Do you ever get hit in the nuts on the baseball diamond? Do you ever take one? Um, I always wore a cup. Always. Even when I was a pitcher, I wore a cup. I just felt like my uniform wasn't complete unless I had a cup on. Well, I mean, we all know the story about Adrian Beltre ended up on the, you know, one of the great defensive third basemen of our time. Took one right there, didn't wear a cup, ended up on the injured list with like a, I don't even want to say it. That sounds horrible. You know who didn't I wear saw a cup? One, 
Yeah, yeah, your guy. You're just about to say his name. Juan Uribe. Didn't need a cup. Well, you know why he said? They talked to him afterward. He took a shot out in Anaheim one time when he was playing for Cleveland, and we were all watching it. It's like, oh, my God. And they talked to him afterward. He was like, I don't wear a cup. You don't wear a cup. I can't find one big enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that, but holy Juan. All right. Uh, Vinny Pasquantino, the latest guest uh, co-host on the Chris Rose Rotation. Ploof was nice enough to get Evan Longoria on the show as well. That um, that made the rounds. There's another clip that's out just this morning about Longo and and uh, Vinny talking about your Blitzball's walk-off celebration in the warehouse. I yeah. didn't see so that. Go I got I to check that yes. out. Okay. Yeah, it's really, really fun. And um, we got all that stuff coming up. Uh, don't forget, Blitzball Battle 3 continues tonight, 6 o'clock Eastern with game number 6. Make sure you tune in. Everybody will be in the chat. It'll be a ton of fun. So for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the always entertaining and intelligent and good-looking, and don't worry, Olivia's Thank never going to leave him, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Wednesday on Baseball Today.